chapter four of bert wilson at the wheel this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org recording by kathleen bert wilson at the wheel by j w duffield chapter four the challenge dave certainly could not complain of a bored or indifferent audience even mr hollis was absorbed and listened with a smile on his kindly face he was always intensely interested in anything the boys said or did and was never happier than when he saw that they were especially enjoying themselves dave had just reached the most thrilling part of his story and in their imaginations the boys could hear the wailings of the ghost and the clanking of his chains he was describing the awful appearance of its sunken fiery eyes when shorty happened to glance apprehensively around and immediately emitted a blood-curdling yell the ghost the ghost he stammered pointing in the direction of the road all leaped to their feet and followed the direction of shorty's trembling finger and for a moment even bert wilson felt a queer little tightening sensation about the heart for there apparently coming directly toward them were the fiery eyes that dave had just described with such gusto why you simps laughed bert that's no ghost or if it is it is the most solid spook i ever heard of those are the acetylene lamps of another auto and as he spoke he exchanged significant glances with mr hollis somewhat ashamed of having been so startled the boys now fell to guessing at the mission of the strange car they had not long to wait in a few minutes they could hear the purring of its exhaust and soon a great gray automobile dashed into camp and drew up in front of the fire from it descended a genial-looking man apparently of about the same age as mr hollis followed by five clean-cut young fellows mr hollis and mr thompson as the newcomer's name proved to be evidently knew each other and shook hands heartily meanwhile the camp boys mingled with their unexpected guests and with the freemasonry of youth soon became chummy the only fault perhaps that could be found with the new arrivals was that they seemed to be a trifle overbearing and evidently thought that their car which they called the gray ghost could beat any other automobile ever made it is needless to state that bert's crowd felt the same way regarding the red scout so that the boys were soon engaged in a heated argument concerning the respective merits of their cars why maintained tom hotly you fellows have no idea what our red scout can do in the way of speed and hill climbing just to-day we were out on a run and though i didn't actually time it i am dead sure that there were stretches where we did as well as a mile a minute what do you think of that he asked triumphantly indeed this seems to cool the visitors down somewhat and they exchanged surprised glances but they soon recovered their confidence and went on to describe the speed qualities of their car with ever-increasing enthusiasm it was just a short time ago said one whose name turned out to be ralph quinby that we took the gray ghost around the old race-track just outside the town and we averaged over fifty miles an hour we could have gone much faster too only mr thompson would not let us i'll just bet your auto couldn't go as fast as that it was now the turn of their hosts to look doubtful they were sure however that the red scout could hold its own with any other car and as they thought of their idolized driver 
bert wilson their confidence came back with a rush well replied tom drawing a long breath you fellows evidently think you could win in a race and we just know that we could so i guess the only way to settle the dispute is to run off a race somewhere and prove which is the better machine i know we'd be willing if you would wouldn't we boys there was a chorus of approving shouts from his companions but the visitors only smiled in a superior fashion and evidently thought there could be but one conclusion to any race in which their car was entered meanwhile mr hollis and mr thompson were holding an earnest conversation in which the latter seemed to be urging some point about which mr hollis apparently hesitated in fact mr thompson was trying to get mr hollis to give his consent to a race between the cars owned by the two camps but the latter thought that it would involve too much risk for the boys who drove the machines you see it's this way he was saying you and i thompson are responsible for the safety of these boys we both feel toward them as though they belonged to us and if anything happened to them we would never forgive ourselves it seems to me too big a risk to take merely for the sake of seeing who owns the faster car yes you're dead right there of course returned mr thompson but then i don't think the risk is so great as you imagine i have seen the track they would use provided the race was run and i think there would be little if any danger the track has not been used for several years and most of the fence is missing so that if they ran off the course itself it would only be a matter of running over the grass until they stopped you know me well enough to realize that i would not sanction anything that contained too large an element of peril as for the slight risk that undoubtedly exists it seems to me that it would not hurt the boys to take it and it would teach them self-reliance and confidence as far as that goes said mr hollis smiling reluctantly my boys have too much confidence in themselves and i have to be constantly curbing their tendencies toward taking chances however i have every confidence in your judgment so i suppose i might as well consent this once i wish to have it understood however that this is the last as well as the first race they ever run win or lose that suits me all right so i guess we can consider it settled answered mr thompson what do you say to going over and having a look at the machines you haven't seen our car yet have you no that's a pleasure still in store for me replied mr hollis and the two men rose and strolled over to where the cars stood their brass work glittering in the light of the dancing campfire by this time most of the boys had gathered around the cars but they saluted and made way respectively for their leaders as they came up they both smiled when they saw bert and ralph quinby for they were so engrossed in the discussion of the respective merits and appliances of their cars that they did not even notice the coming of their leaders such terms as gear ratios revolutions per minute and three-point suspension filled the air and mr hollis whispered to mr thompson i'll wager that those boys saturate their handkerchiefs with gasoline so that whenever they get a block away from a machine they can smell gasoline and feel at home again wouldn't be surprised if they did laughed mr thompson here you fellows come out of your trance called dick and bert and ralph turned quickly around and saluted their leaders returned the salute and mr thompson said 
well i suppose both you boys think you have a pretty fast machine there how would you like to have a test of speed there was a chorus of excited cries and exclamations from the boys and their leaders smiled indulgently bert stepped forward and said i think sir that i speak for mr quinby as well as myself when i say that nothing would suit us better ralph gave a nod of assent and bert went on we will both promise to be cautious and i think if we take proper precautions we will be able to run off a good race without an accident how long do you think the race ought to be how long is the track that you propose using inquired mr hollis why it's just one mile isn't it ralph asked mr thompson yes sir replied ralph well it seems to me said mr thompson that ten miles that is ten full laps around the track ought to be about right will that be satisfactory to you mr hollis yes i can see no objection to that replied the latter what day shall we have the race how would a week from to-day suit you let me see that will be tuesday won't it i guess that will be satisfactory to all concerned how do you boys feel about it they voiced a unanimous assent to these arrangements and both sides started discussing the various chances and possibilities of the contest but with perfect good humor and friendly feeling it was now getting late however and the discipline of the camps could not be too much relaxed even in the face of such an important event as this accordingly hearty farewells were exchanged and the visitors climbed into their big gray car all the boys gathered around expectantly to note the behavior of the car when it started and it must be admitted that even bert wilson's expert eye could find no defect in the handling or running of the rival machine ralph started it smoothly and without a jerk and soon all they could see of it was the angry gleam of its red tail-light as they turned away to prepare for sleep jim remarked ah i bet we'll have a walk-over in that race bert knew better however and was convinced that he would have to use every ounce of power that the red scout possessed to beat the gray ghost but one thing he was sure of and that was that whoever won it was going to be a mighty close race he did not make the mistake of underrating his rival as so many boys in his position would have done but made up his mind to do the very best he could right from the start for a long time he stood staring at the red scout and then raised its shining hood and patted the spotless cylinders i guess we can do it old boy but you will have to stand by me and work as you have never worked before he said and gently lowered the hood and walked off toward his tent End of chapter four